What's up, Daw Nation? Welcome to this week's episode of In the Daw with Fire Lord Ozai, who, after his recent banishment from uh, the Fire Nation and no longer has fire bending powers because of Avatar Aang, rebranded to Dr. Ozai. And in this week's episode, we are going to break down his song, Host. An amazing song, beautiful song. You should tef definitely, tef you should definitely check out that song in your free time. Actually, we're going to play a bit of it right before we hop into the episode. So what are you going to learn in this week's episode? You are going to learn physical sound design. What does that mean? How does it apply to you? How is it going to benefit you? Stay tuned for that. Number two, you're going to learn maintaining a theme throughout your song. Why is that important? Why do you need to? And how do you do it? We're going to answer it. Number three, using human elements. That sounds kind of creepy. I promise it's not. Stay tuned. And number four, you're going to learn the shimmer effect, how to use it, why is it important, all that beautiful things, as long as you stay tuned and you promise me that you are going to watch all the episode, you're going to learn all those things in great detail. But before we get into this week's episode of In The Da, I got some good news. I got some bad news. Let's start with the bad news first. Bad news is this is the last episode of In The Da this year. I know it sucks. I hate it. I don't want it to happen. Unfortunately, we got a lot of stuff going on over here at Donation HQ. Got a lot of things that we need to focus on, that we need to finish. And unfortunately, we don't have the manpower or, or, or the resources right now to be able to keep putting these out for the rest of the year. There's some things that we need to finish before doing that. So I'm very sorry, it sucks. However, we will be back at the top of next year to be able to release episodes regularly. We got some new guests coming on. Of course, we got new guests coming on. It's in the dot. Anyways, we're going to be, you know, we, we got a whole bunch of stuff planned for next year. But unfortunately, for the rest of the year, we got to finish with, the, with, the, with these other things that we're planning right now. Which brings me to my next point, which is the good point. The good news is, is that we are actually about to release a brand new masterclass with Crywolf. Okay, if you guys don't know who Crywolf is, please go learn who Crywolf is, okay? Number one, he just makes amazing music, okay? Number two, he has one of the craziest cult followings on Earth, which is kind of creepy, but like actually really good if you think about it. If you make such good music that you have like a cult following, yeah, that's a good thing, right? Anyways, and then, and then number three, over the last 10 years, he's created this system. The system that when he applies the system, no matter what, doesn't matter what day it is, what month it is, what's going on in his life, when he applies the system, he's able to be creative every single day. I mean, I'm serious, he, he has created a system that allows you to create 30 song demos in 30 days, and then take the best ones from those and to be able to refine them and to be able to put out music, I mean, ridiculously fast, okay? So if you currently cannot sit down every single day, and sit at your computer and be able to feel creative, all right? If you can't do that every day, if there's just one day where you sit down and you're like, I got writer's block, I don't wanna do this, I'm bored, I'm, I'm uninspired, I don't, know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. If that is you, you're at an extreme disadvantage because everyone else that doesn't feel that is skyrocketing past you right now. And so, if you want to learn how to be creative every single freaking day for the rest of your life, that is what the Cryo Masterclass can do for you, okay? So if you want more information on the Cryo Masterclass, no worries, I got you. There is a link right below this video. Go ahead and click that link, okay? Right now we're actually in pre-order until the end of the month. You can get 45% off the full price by clicking the link below, unless you're watching this after we've launched the full course and pre-order is over. Still, it doesn't matter. You can still click that link and it'll take you to um, the checkout page where you can find out more about the Crywolf Masterclass. But donation with all that out of the way, again, it breaks my heart that we can't be doing this every single week. However, the beginning of next year, we will start doing it every single week again. Lots of content, lots of beautiful things that are gonna be coming over there. We just gotta finish what we have right now, okay? We gotta take care of the dependencies that we have right now. We gotta finish Crywolf, these other projects that we got going on, okay? So with that being said, let's go ahead and ask our adorable, agreeable, interesting, inviting, magnetic, pleasant, pre-possessing? Or really, 
not provocative, that's that's a terrible word for this. Glamorous, good-looking, gorgeous, handsome, hunky video editor Ben to take us in the DAW and introduce us to Dr. Ozai. <laughs> from the top i i did create this like little arp hedge just like a little tiny arp on like serum at first and then i thought it would be really because like i had a theme around this track pretty much just like trying to keep it as ritualistic as possible because i wanted to aim for that anyways especially the whole brand right now is, is like kind of dedicated to that it kind of made sense to make it as cinematic as possible well while not being cinematic so there was i need to have a happy medium between electronic and cinematic at the same time i made the serum patch first because i was just like cool like i would like to do that but then i was like why not just turn on my sub 37 i just decided to record that so this was the first thing that came in actually this is the second thing that came in we'll get to the first thing eventually but yeah this is the first arp that you hear right off the bat and then um right after that there's a, a contact library on, under it. I think it's the stray light that just gave it a little bit more of a drone atmospheric like kind of sound on top of it. And I decided to add like a little bit of Foley, I guess, just like little beach sound. So it gave the sense that there's it's set outside, not inside. So it's kind of like giving the listener a concept that was just like, cool, I'm outdoors, not indoors. So it's kind of cool to put everyone in that situation as like a listener all together right from start. It's really simple because it, it's it's not even it, it, that's the only lyric in, throughout the track. Th this right here. Anyways, so this this is the area that got a little bit more complicated, and it was get like like you said the CPU heavy. Like it was getting a little CPU heavy, but I do have a beast of a computer, so it wasn't that bad. The only thing that is like keeping it not so CPU heavy is because I have everything in audio. That's like my go-to every single time for some reason. I tried to get to an audio, like a full rendered waveform and work with that. While I'm like working on like a MIDI file and a sound, I just kind of like completely resample it. And then I love having what I have and make do with that instead of just like working on it for hours and trying to do something about it. So pretty much this was like stray light. I think there was a massive drone that I made, another contact library, just like giving it more droney stuff. There was a dune in there. And I think this is just another drone. It's just drones on top of drones, just like filling the spectrum of like wideness of this like entire intro, just giving it more of a epic kind of sound, but we'll get to it. And then the vocals are just, this is the only lyrics. This is the only lyrics in, throughout the track. It's just, I am, I'm searching for something new and that's it. Other than that, everything else is just a one sample like shot. But yeah, this is the second, I guess pre, pre. <laughs> I'm 
this is the part that is kind of cool to me because like around this time i was really struggling with just like the screen and me and like the computer and i the, the keyboard and mouse and i was just just sitting there just holding my hair and then trying to not pull it out but at the same time i was like i need to get off this like this entire this is why like things like moog and like i have the deep mind as well are important to have for me especially because like you can actually go in and not look at the computer for a bit and just play like because i do consider as a toy just the same way as a drummer might consider a, a drum kit as a a toy not a career if that makes sense you feel like having things of that nature like a moog or some type of thing that you can play with maybe like enable some push or things of that nature you feel like that enhances your overall experience to creating yes 100 percent. 100 percent. the moment you do something physically i think it definitely pronounces better in music especially because like uh, this cardboard box is just because like i just liked it i just liked the sound it made i liked the way it, it would make a loud sound at first and then just kind of like leave out of nowhere so i just kept hitting it it just it becomes playful once you do certain things like that it, it becomes like that but anyways not even moog though this whole sound like this this is what this was the first thing that came in i had a vinyl record from i i got it from like a thrift shop and this was like i don't know it was it was called boogie with it and <laughs> and, and i put that on the vinyl and i just played it like a couple times and i finally found this little lick i can actually show you what the lake is yeah i'd love to see it yeah right here so i pretty much took that sample and stretched it warped it uh put it in key and it kind of like made sense <laughs> fun i honestly that little gesture of me sampling and resampling where i actually usually do that with midi and and sound designing now i have actually done that throughout like a vinyl record like physically and then put that and, and applied it on like a daw honestly like to me that sounds the the fact that you actively went out found a record brought it back sampled it and brought it in i mean if you think about it like it's it's kind of like the the outdated version of like what most producers would do with splice right in my opinion like that sounds like a lot of fun like literally going to a thrift shop being like i have no idea what this is going to sound like but we're going to make something dope out of this right i used to do this thing where i would just literally go to a thrift thrift store because there's so many records just for a dollar not even less and like you will just i just grab them by crates and i would just come home and then keep listening until i find something because like these are outdated yes and like they they have the vinyl distortion everything that you need where people are literally going out of their ways to buy 120 dollars worth of like rc what is it rc20 or something like that yeah yeah so like the it, this is like as realistic as it could get and i don't think i could ever recreate what i just did right now i don't even know but it's cool that I actually like came out of the studio like this dark dungeon of mine and then finally like found a vinyl that would work with this. This was the first thing that happened. Yeah, to me, like, I don't know, it's, it sounds so much more proactive to the creation process. Like one thing that I've noticed 
I initially learned this from from the FOMO guys, which is they put a lot of effort up front to set themselves up to win when producing, right? So like they'll think about like, okay, what is the vibe of this song? They'll write down keywords to that. They'll write down other songs that are like that. They'll write down, they'll think of other referencing movies, other, other things that inspire them like that. To me, what you just did, I think is really freaking cool because it's like you went out of the studio to go do something. Like imagine if you wanted to write a song and it had some type of thing. I don't know, some type of desert theme. So you went out to the desert and you just, you know, you just recorded a bunch of things in the desert. Like number one, that sounds just like so much fun. Just making the creation process fun. Like you're investing yourself in it. But also now you you have all these things that you can use into your project that you yourself have, right? That, that you created. And it just it just adds this, this little extra, this extra feeling to it. it. Makes things fun, right? Yeah, like 100%. There was one thing that I did want to ask concerning this. When starting a song, I've noticed that there's kind of one or two paths that most producers walk down. One of them is they already have the idea. They know what's going on. They can just hop in the dawn, start throwing ideas out and create it. The other route is they have to put some type of preparation in to help them create. Kind of playing off what we were just talking about. Like they have to go find some inspirational songs. They have to do something to kind of jumpstart them into it. What, what, Where do you tend to be with that? It's not like I create something like this on the daily for sure. Like I definitely struggle with trying to come up with some cool ideas or not. This was like one of those times where I'm just like, hey, I've been sitting in the studio trying to come up with ideas and practicing for too long. I or even like an idea. So I, I don't do this on, on daily. Like I don't really go out and like look for something like this. This is one of those things where I was spending too much time in front of the computer trying to come up with ideas and practicing over and over again until like I realized hey, it's time to like play around where I need to like finally bring something different to the table rather than just constantly just opening Serum FM to be kind of like time. When it comes to like starting a, a, strong, a song, especially with, with the concept, I definitely d did think about what kind of setting and a theme I want this to be. Because like this is where like the whole branding of like this this host branding that we we're going to go for with like a culture, culture, like sorry, occultic kind of vibe. We, we had this planned pretty much like seven months ago. So we I already knew what I wanted to do been watching quite enough of like random cult documentaries and movies and all this stuff. So it started to grow on me by a lot. So I wanted to apply that in the music. So this entire thing, like the intro was a, a good representation of like what my brand was going to be. So that's where like this entire thing, like if you read the little, little tiny brand sheet we wrote for the EP, it literally said it, like, this is like taking place in Switzerland as a ritual ritualistic dance. So like, I, I, that's how I kind of like figured it out. And I was like, how would these people be dancing according to like what I would think is like hard hitting and how would they be dancing together really? So pretty much a danceable culty kind of sound, I guess. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Okay. That's, that's actually really, really freaking cool. Okay. So from what I'm hearing is that most of the time when you sit down to write a new song, it's not immediately ideas start pouring out. You're saying like most of the time you have to do some type of preparation, right? I think it's only human to not just like have ideas is just pouring into your brain constantly. I think it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a relationship. Like it's not always going to be on the top of like your graph where it's always happy, happy, happy. There's going to be times where it's going to come down eventually. So since I stream and I also do feedbacks, I've heard a lot of people struggling with that concept where they're just like, man, I'm in such a writer writer's block. I hate that kind of, kind of concept of, of like letting some like two words really take power of your creativity, just writer's block. I don't think that's fair enough. I think it's, it's easier to just say 
I'm going to try and practice because that's where it's easier. There's a lot of drummers. There's a lot of like musicians and like guitarists that definitely can't get a, a hook down or a lick down. They will practice that over and over again until they get it. That's where like it comes to us as producers, where we just constantly have to practice being creative until we get it. It's not a writer's block. It's more so just like practice. So you just keep going and doing it until finally one day you're just like, hey, I have that pour of like creativity that's going to come through my mind and I'm going to give it all at this moment. Until then, you're just practicing. There is no writer's block. So your perspective on it is not necessarily that you're in a rut. It's that you haven't built up that creative muscle, so to say. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's so many people that I know that just like some some people just go in, into deep depression because of it, man. Like they literally just go like, I can't come up with a song right now and I have a due date or something. And then I'll be like, oh, you know what? Just practice until the due date. I've done that so many times. The newest song, Zap, was created in 16 hours, one night. <laughs> And it was because of the due date because I was like, I'm going to take my time. I, I don't want to just like build a song and work on it for months. I just gave it all as soon as it came to the due date and I finished it that night and I gave it to NSD. That's really, that's really, really cool. There, there actually is like an actual magic when it comes to due dates and pressuring yourself, backing yourself into a corner to actually see what's going on, right? Yeah, 100%. I actually really do like that a lot. Another concept or another thing I wanted to talk about is so on this, on this track that you have where it is the vinyl that you sampled, right? Can we go through the processing changes just a little bit just to see what's going on? Yeah, for sure. I think there's not much of a post. Pro well, there, never mind. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of post processing. So there's just like a high pass going on, a flatline preset that I added on to it, which is like, because I think like since like symphonies and orchestral sounds in general, they're very dynamic. And I think like any anyone who's working with symphonies or, or orchestras, they know that like they have a lot of dynamics, like coming from a very quiet sound to all the way to like a very loud sound. For this example alone, like there's there's only like two like three changes i guess just like two cuts and then two chop and fades and then a fade into a larger sound so i just wanted to be a flat line at that point and then since that vinyl was unfortunately a mono track as we can tell from the audio as well i i had to do an house effect on it so now i have house effect on top of it a little bit more of eq just like giving it more of a cut i think this was like after i post process like post process it make it loud enough and then when i had to mix it into the song i had to like dip out some like um a little bit more distortion but not by a lot. This thing is barely. I don't. I don't even think I would need it to be honest. Let's listen to it. It's just giving it a little bit of a fuzz, if anything. And then a glue compressor just to give it a little makeup gain extra. Most of these things are just creating it to be a little bit louder. These two EQs are just kind of like again being surgical. The more I sound design or like morph a sound in a certain way. I keep adding EQs every single time. There's a process that I keep doing that. So like the very first time I'll set, send an EQ to deciding whether I want the low end or wh whether I want the high end or something. So I'll just cut it out in that manner and then just continue like doing a little bit more pro most uh, more processing, give it a little bit more, and then I'll do an EQ again to like give it more of a, uh, of a curve concept, so I can like keep working on the sound designing. And then this, these are just like the transition points, like the two filters. I pretty much have them just doing like transitions within the phrasing of them. So I just wanted to make them a, a little bit larger. They just kind of work as like together. <laughs>
there is a faulty part of like using vinyls. It's like either you get a lot of lows or either you get a lot of highs. So that's like an unfortunate part about it. So that's why I had to like do a little bit of automation on the uh, output to like make sure it's not clipping. And that's the only area that has that clipping automation. And on top of that, I just took down a little bit of highs. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, like the whole warping sound is yeah, this one is just normal. There's no warp on it, but these like the large sounds, the longer ones have the grain size tones to it. So it gives it a little bit more of like the typical respace kind of like rhythm pattern. So every time it did do that, it will just create some sort of pattern. So people can like at least relate to it rather than just it being a consecutive sound. Perfect. Thank you. That's beautiful. Is there anything in this section right here where the vinyl is that you feel like we didn't cover that you want to cover? Yeah, all the sounds that were coming from the from the beginning, like all the way, all, all this section, they're kind of like fade away anyways. But other than that, the drums are the ones that actually like make this part like really, really pop out, especially the percussion section. And it's really cool. <laughs> I think I, I, I was really digging Sophie. Her sample pack was really, really cool to me. And I, I, I really wanted to implement that because she has that like electronic, but very percussive transients. Like most of her music is like that too. Like even her synths and bass tones are all very percussive. It starts with the transient and it releases in that way. Just like look if you looked at it at an ADSR point. But like, I just loved her drums. So I just wanted to put that together. This is what the drums kind of sound like. <laughs> Like pretty much it's just like her claps and there's like my own sample somewhere. No, I did not put my own sample, but this was the contact. I do have like a frame drum sample that I recorded. I, I thought that was it, but hey, they sound similar, but it's just like percussive, just like trying to keep everything as like, like this is where the concept and theme part comes in too. Just making sure that like everything that you're putting in, it has that theme category as well. So like, I'm thinking what, what would people in a cult would probably play? I don't know, like maybe <laughs> like claps and like little, little flame, frame, uh, frame drums and all that stuff. So this is this is the part that like makes it pop out and gives it a, its own character. But yeah, and then the vocals are just pretty much like consecutive this throughout the way. So the vocals are like it's just one sample just doing The, like this is like the groove that is like keeping it steady throughout the whole thing. Everything else is changing except for that vocal. And that's that's a good thing to remember because like I've I've always t told people that that there has to be something that is going to like keep something tonal in the background while you're doing all these instant changes. Like you I think it's very important to like have a tonal background whether it's like an arpeggiator or even if that vocal was doing like a a major like scale kind of up and down arpeggiator like kind of concept but like it didn't need to be i just wanted it to be consecutive one note downbeat only just going throughout the entire track the whole prettiness of the whole song where where like there's a group i've named pretty is now completely like barely there like in the drops except for at the very end but in the drop it's completely gone like honestly i keep telling everyone in like i kind of make like my own chat in twitch streams repeat it and i just tell them kiss and they're just like what? I'm like, kiss, man. Just keep it kiss. <laughs> is it keep it stupid simple? Is that what it is? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I almost got it. I almost got it, man. There's a Sultan sub that I used since we made Mumbai Madness. The song was still in uh, working. And then I actually like liked the sub so much when we made that track, I ended up using it in here. Except there was a little bit post-processing just to cut off a little bit of high end. Other than that, it's I barely did anything else to it. And that's the main sub that has been happening. Like I said, everything that I do, I want to create it in audio. So like it makes me want to do these things. So the only reason I do audio is because I like my songs now, actually. Before, I didn't really do that that much. But now, I like everything to be tighter. And it's weird how, like, if you add anything like delay, compression, even reverb as, like, a effect or, like, anything, it kind of changes the sound in a way that, like, it sometimes carries for too long. And it gives it more of a tail than it needs to have it. I end up, like, making it into an audio and start doing chop and fades. So chop and fades are pretty much like you cut each sample every time and you fade them and chop them to your liking. Because this this is where you start sculpting your sound instead of designing your sound. This is like throughout the entire track that I'm doing this. And it becomes easy once you have like the whole phrasing down, then you can just obviously copy paste. Once you start doing this chop and fade, it really cleans up the sound by a lot. And everything becomes very on, on in the pocket and very on beat. Because you're you're not playing with every sound individually, rather than just leaving it on the on the MIDI. That makes so much sense to get something super tight like that. You have to be able to con contour it like the, with the amplitude and everything just perfectly to where you want it, right? And like sometimes when you do create a synth in a way, think about it this way: like it it sounds tedious, but like once you're working on it and you start like shifting it, like pre-shifting it and moving it back and forth, you start creating this human element a little bit. Where like I think in electronic music, especially especially in dubstep, everything is way too on the grid. And once, and I guess that's the feeling I wanted in this specific track anyways, where it is loose and it is very lazy and it's not on, on time. The only thing that's on time is the drums. But other than that, like everything else is all, all over the place because that's how a ritual, ritualistic dance could be. Yeah, that makes complete sense, actually. <laughs> the entire drop concept and doing the chop and fade and trying to do they, there's a lot of alarms happening i learned this from good old people and my biggest inspiration i guess uh noisia where they actually did this they did a track where they did not use typical hi-hats they used noise and the noise was in a way where it could be in, in a way that like it was only panning each transient to left and right it was such a cool groove to add on to it so i ended up making that concept happen in this song where i took the serum noise bright noise i think and i panned it left and right and it only had like like i wanted to be as human as possible and wanted to go i wanted to have the feeling that it's still lazy so it was doing So that 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 I wanted it to be pronounced in the entire mix as loud as possible because like I wanted it to have this like human element but still electronic element in the background. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I like that. That's actually really good. Get because it, it really does. Anytime you start throwing things off the grid, right? That's why a lot of people put fully in there. Because fully is like like percussive fully, because it'll be off the grid. It won't be exactly on the grid, but it just creates that human feel to it, right? Something interesting. You can add anything you want that has like a, a human human element. Like you don't need to per se just to have like a sample that is human. You can make something that is electronic inhuman. Like if you want me to say some woke about this like pretty much if if you really think about it like the first track ever that got really popular by Skrillex Gary Mars and the Ninth Price the only people the only reason that people got really involved into it, into it is because it sounded human like it's because it had that human factor where it was just like hey this sounds like someone is speaking <laughs> I want I want to know how that's made and I would like to like really get into into it. So the moment you start like I think anything that is like human like people grasp onto it closely because it's personal now because like it's, it becomes like, hey, I don't know how they create it, but this sounds like this thing. And I, I've I've heard it. But how did they do it? That's why everyone starts like really liking whatever track. I don't know. A rhythm track called Yes Woe by Bomber and Crowell, I think. I don't remember, but the only human element they had that was really catchy was this guy just going, ha, 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 and, and that's it. So it it was it was really close to those to the people, and they were like, "That's a catchy part," and I want to be involved because it's sounding personal to me now. So this is a whole drop up. Uh, by the way, this is probably like the shortest song I've ever made. Yeah, why is that? Why 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 the shortness of it all? A lot of people are saying this, actually. Okay, so I've, I've been hearing quite a lot of like, quote unquote, arguments, I guess, that rappers are making only like two minute tracks because it will give them more plays on Spotify. So they come up with like 18 track albums and they're only two minute tracks. But I kind of get it because like, to be honest, I think it's easier for people to want like, I could make a six minute track. Honestly, I could be I, I could just completely dead mouse out and then just go crazy on like my arpeggiators and like my moog or whatever. But I think for the sake of listeners, for them to listen to it again, I think it's it's easier to have like a very a short and nice like just like the only two like good ear candies and that that will make people want to listen again. This is like each section starting from the intro. I want it. I want people to be glued in like structure wise and arrangement wise. I still want people to just like listen listen to my track and hear things that they want to listen to it again. For example, I thought this entire part in the intro was really weak as soon as the second phrase came in, like this entire section. I thought it was becoming weak, so I had to add something else to it. So I created and morphed and built this sound so many times to make it have that like a different ear candy where they will be like, oh, cool. Like this is where I know things are going to change. Like this sound I just created too many times pretty much. It sounds like this. And then I added more stuff on it, which is like panning, warping, and all that stuff. Yeah, this little tiny part just like kind of gave this like as a listener. I, I know they don't care. I know most listeners are going to be like, oh, that's just the sound that he added. But because that sound is over there right now, I think it just gave it the final release that it needed to like come to the like next section. That's the whole string and stuff that's happening. I think that's a fantastic decision. What is it next? I guess this like little tiny part. Now there's like where the sample changes. I use a different kind of like chord pattern but at the time i think it was losing a little bit of low end so i added some oh no it wasn't wide enough so i created more of a width to it by like doing a little valhalla vintage verb to it but yeah this is the next section 
Yeah, okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Well, we better... Yeah, that's a big boy right there. If you've ever watched an episode, you know I'm super into sound design. So just everything, just lay it. So the, the main synth started off with Massive and it was just like a comb filter. I've, I've like this like go-to way to make Massive and I kind of like do a comb filter, give it as much resonance as possible, put feedback, saturation. My concept on sound designing is pretty much push the level as much as you can. Just keep pushing it until have something that is tonal and not like distorted. What I think is is bad is if you have a pink noise. But if it, if what is good, if you have some sort of tonal quality to your sound. So this is what like the started the main sound. It's pretty much this whole thing. That's the whole... And it's it's, it's it's not much. It's really just like the comb filter just doing an ADSR. What makes this entire sound happen and makes it so large is the width of the sound. Right now, there's multiple layers, quite a lot of them. It's just playing around with... I do this thing called the shimmer effect, and I've actually explained it before. But shimmer effect is literally Valhalla shimmer, and I can actually showcase that right now. So I'll make a new layer. I'll copy this one. So we have that, just for example's sake. I'll put a Valhalla shimmer on it, duplicate it, delete the first one because I didn't need it. That's the. This is the main sound. I'll color it red for the sake of our visuals. That's the main sound red. This is going to be the shimmer, so I'm going to put that as blue. I don't know. And then I'll go to shimmer now and then change the size to completely zero. Everything's to zero, shift to zero, no mod, no mod depth, no mod rate, high cut all the way, low cut 250 because I don't want any low end and most of my subs are under 250 anyways. So I just keep it like that, mix all the way up. So now we have this stupid sound, makes no sense. But the moment you change the diffusion and the size, it gives it a weird shimmery effect. More size, more size, it gives it like a weird effect. So I just end up freezing it and then I flatten it. There you go. Get out of here. Yeah, there we go. So now obviously it's super delayed, but this is the original sound. Together now, they create this such a large room of a sound when you pre-shift it and put it in. And it's so cool because it has this like reverse initial sound and the initial transient and then it has a large tail and it makes it so much cooler. It's so cool to me. That That is really cool, actually. Yeah, so this method of Haas effect and like I pretty much I could do this as a send and then add a delay compensation and try to work around it. I just like pre-shifting. I like working with audio. It's, it's so much better than like trying to do all this like mathematical like delay compensation and everything. Makes my life a little bit easier. Stupid math. Get out of here. Yeah, the, don't, yeah the, I did, the only time I did math was brooding murder and I didn't hate it, but it worked out. Good, good. Well, you know. But yeah, this whole sound designing is literally that. There are a little bit of tonal ones and then there's more. And then a little bit more. Oh, who the... So pretty much there's that, like, it's just consecutive things of just like making it wider and wider, giving more tonal qualities. Just filling the spectrum of like sound. Like I like to follow the pink noise method where like try to like achieve all the, all the sound spectrum in like your drop maybe to like be those tonal uh, noises and the same vicinity of like 
audio. But other than that, like some I like it to be very clippy. Sometimes I like it very calm. There's where that that's when like structure structuring and dynamics really like make sense in your track. One question that we do get a lot, which I do feel like could be worth going into is, is basically one of the biggest issues when it comes to a bass producer is them feeling like when they're laying out a rhythm, when they're laying out a drop rhythm, they feel like as they're creating, it just sounds lame. It sounds as the same as everyone else, you know, like they, they, they're held back by, they're making these cool sounds. Let's say they get over the hump of making cool sounds. Well, now how the freak do we arrange the cool sounds to actually sound cool together, right? What is your method to, to be able to do that? I mean, like I've I've spent times sometimes where I would spend like about four hours or five hours straight just sound designing and then make a make a cool drum kit on it and then like finally call it like oh cool I have a cool little tiny sixteen bars of a loop where I'm really happy with it. This is what my my state of like making the drop would look like. So I'll be really close like this and working on this sixteen bar for quite some time and that's all I have done just like this little section. And then once I'm done with this, I'm like oh cool I'm really happy with this. And then once I zoom out and then I'm like i gotta make a full song right now you know i just got i kind of like zoom out and then i'll be like oh crap like i've only made it 16 bars where do i go from here and that's a question quite a lot of people think they make a 16 bar loop of a really dope rhythm track and then they go i don't know what else to do now you don't need to do anything close the project save it and then continue doing something else it's so simple it's it's the easiest way to handle it if you have if you're stuck close the project and then start something different come back to it it's so much easier to like kind of like just understand like just like that, just like zooming in and you're just this is too much. When you, Once you zoom out, you're like, I don't know what to do. Move on and then come back to it some other day. That's really, really awesome. I hope so, because like I, I get the same question quite a lot, actually, same on my Twitch streams as well, where like people are like, man, I've been in this area and I'm just, I, I don't know how hard I can like try to like put that on them because I feel like it's not it, there has to be a better way to make them understand what this concept really means that zooming out and then just like moving on is, is something that you should probably just kind of like do it anyways it, this this goes back to what I was trying to talk about which is like practicing not thinking that you are you're having a writer's block you know what I mean mm -hmm. so do you on average do you I've heard I've heard a lot of different people like some of people you know like start when they're starting a song like they start from the beginning and just move from like intro to verse or whatever and that's the way they produce some people start with the drop and then work backwards what's your preferred method of creating I've I've done both ways man I've done uh, <laughs> I mean I guess I can say this A&R usually like uh, they usually just come up to me and just like we need a banger like they will just constantly just like tell me so at that point i just kind of go like i guess i'll just start with a drop because then like i can at least have the feel of whatever it is and then build around it think about the idea and concept typically when i work with music i kind of like even though i've never done it but i, I kind of think about it like what would this might look like in a music video if that makes sense my approach to music and creating is always thinking what other platforms it will be creative as whether it will be dancing whether it will be music videos whether it will be cinematic whether it will be art in general like if any of my music can be applied on that general context I take that general context and apply it onto my music so this song host I kind of had a theme behind it so I did that first with Zap and like other songs that I've made on the EP. 
they have a different concept in them as well where like i'm just kind of like let's just make a party song what what would this be in a party environment and what what would the music video would look like like keeping things that are creative in your mind and just like thinking about it consecutively over and over again you tend to like just kind of like fester it inside your body where you're just like i'm gonna think about this so much that like once i get to the computer i'm gonna build something out of it so i guess fester like fester as much as you can you don't have to start at the drop you don't have to start at the intro whatever comes first you just kind of like work around it that was some super solid super solid information right there i guess we can talk about drums because that's a pretty important part of this entire thing very important so there's a sophie kick <laughs> so i ended up using sophie kick and i actually did use a little cymatic pop end on top of it to just like kind of give it a punch so it gives it a little bit more body nothing really i didn't do any post processing nothing a dispresser on it actually i started using this since i saw it on barely alive's tutorial or actually barely alive's twitch stream i never thought like that would be a thing to apply on a kick and i was just like i'm typically using this as like you know a growl effect or something it gives it like that gritty phase distortion and phase movement but once i put it on i i actually really started liking it a lot but i'm not using it as like i'm i'm using it as to taste i'm not using it as like the primary thing sometimes I won't even use this effect on kicks. But with it, it without it, it kind of sounds like a little weak, I guess, and not much of a high end. But once I did, did add it added more grit to it. Weirdly enough, it has a little bit of an effect, but it's it's that's all I need. I don't really need too much. Claps are pretty much really, really simple. Same Sophie's coming through again. And my buddy Volume, he has he has a perfect snare. And he sent it to me and I, I really have been digging it around, especially when I was making this track. So I ended up using it. Uh, it has a corpus on it and I do this corpus effect on snares quite a lot. It's funny, it, corpus is, is not like it's such a it's such an underrated plugin, stock plugin. I think this thing is so powerful to me, especially when it comes to tonal frequencies and trying to get something tonal out of it, anything. I've been using the corpus on snares, even kicks, and it's it's worked out on so many things. And I've even used it on like ah, like I let me just give ample, I guess. Yeah, I I love corpus, and I always love finding out how people use them because the sound design possibilities are absolutely insane. So I'm really interested in what you want to show. I have the sound of like I created a song called Beauty and the Grim, and I did the noisier little thing where like I don't know if you remember, but have you, do you remember seeing a noisier video of when they were making a super mega cyber baseline Mark twenty fourteen no. and Mark no 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 tell me more okay so they what they did was pretty much they put a paper on top of a woofer of a speaker and then it just it started fluttering in a way because of the air that it just started making a distorted like sub sound and they put a a condenser mic in front of it and a glass uh, to format it in a weird way. So that's what I did. <laughs> so I ended up making a little sample pack of my own. So this is going through my Yamaha HS5s and with plastic uh, paper in, in there. Yeah, that's meaty. That's nice. I actually made a song out of it. It's called uh, it's called uh, Beauty and the Grim. You can actually like it's it's up right now. Go check it out, guys. Come on. So Corpus is perfect for this kind of concept. You kind of like I don't know what key this is in. Of course, if I did work on a track, I would probably pay attention to what key this would be. I'm guessing it could be E, but uh, D. So there's so many other ways to like do this right now. Without it, it just kind of sounds very flat and warped. 
But the moment you put Corpus on, I love the plate, especially for synths. It just gives it so much more resonance, it, a, a tone that like this like weird white noisy kind of like flutter would not have. You know, it's it's if you really dig into this plugin, it's it's so good. Like especially like on sound recordings and like any synth that has that gritty nutty sound where you can pull out resonance on each transient. It it, it works so good. That is beautiful. I love that. But yeah, snare has corpus on it right now. <laughs> Anyways, the symbols are like the typical quarter note pattern, which is just So it's just kind of following my concept is always that like if a drummer's playing it, how would he how would he play it? I kind of try to imply what are the accent notes and what are going to be the ghost notes that are going to be applied on top of the top end of the drums. So like it's important to like always keep in mind that a drummer would not play it like a robot. It, like it's it's so important. Drum and bass guys always do that. They're they're so good with that concept of just like what a drummer would play. Like how would a drummer would accent notes? How would a drummer put put in ghost notes and keeping it in the pocket? And even if there was a little bit of faultiness, like how would how would they impl implement that into music? And I think that's a concept that a lot of dubstep producers need to like kind of hold on to because right now all of our stuff is like very on the grid right on the beat there's not much of a human element besides just like random fully and percussive sounds toms are the only percussive human element that people tend to add but other than that it's very on the grid when it comes to top end i like to give it that like a little bit of a laziness and then like maybe the accent notes will help the drums kind of like imagine how a drummer would play for the listener absolutely that's no, that's actually a really 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 good point to point out because i can't tell you after after listening to dubstep and rhythm for years now stiffness the robotic like ah so jarring in a way like so unnatural in a way right so to have that to know those tactics to be able to make it feel more human ah exactly i think it's 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 like it comes back to this thing that i was trying to implement about like how people relate to something that is human especially like with the whole like growls and all that stuff as soon as you like implement anything that is human people relate to it same thing with this concept especially like the accents and everything people t people will be like i get the groove i know when the downbeat is I know when the pickup is going to be with rhythm and dubstep tracks. I could call it a day with all of this with like one simple drop and keep it very, very like stupid simple. But at the same time, within these drops, there are sections. And like, I think as an arrangement, like if anyone wants to take anything out of this, like if this is the most important thing I can actually give away. If this is your track, anything that you make that has a two minute, three minute track, there are sections within them. So you have these like sections that are going in. Now, this entire track has about one, two, three, four, five, six sections. Within these sections, I have more sections. Your job as a producer is to fill these gaps by not a lot, sometimes keeping it silent is good too. So your job as a producer is always trying to make sure each gap within those sections has something to give it a pickup and give it a downbeat where people can feel it and dance to it. There is absolutely no way I would have left this entire little song in the drop with no changes and one synth. I wanted to have more of a feel, more of a, like by pickup, I mean giving it fill or by downbeat, I mean when there's a, a downbeat kick and like 
something happens on top of that kick. So it makes the person feel something at that moment. That's what I look at when I make music. It's like creating sections and then working on them. But at the same time, working the entire song as like a whole as well. That's some solid freaking advice, dude. Like that is really good. Anything else that you feel like you really want to talk about here? I guess just effects, really. That's the last thing that we should probably touch anyways. That's the way I look at music anyways. When I when I start making music is like I do everything that I need to do, like just like doing all the synth work and everything. Effect is always the last little cherry on top just to like sprinkle of salt like you just kind of like all the i don't know analogy you want to put in but th there's they're definitely the last things that i put in in this song especially there's not much effects happening besides the build and that's it there's nothing else happening like it's like like we said kiss keep it simple stupid where we are not doing too much but we're also like adding enough for people to fo like follow it so yeah, it's just this little section that is just kind of doing its own thing. That's it. Wanted to add water into it because I wanted to make sure that it felt like a dance in, in Switzerland, a ritualistic dance. <laughs> That's so sick, dude. Oh. Come on. I hope there was a lot to talk about it because like it's such a short and sweet little song that like there's not much to explain other besides like just like this is what I did, you know? It was great, dude. I genuinely really, really, really enjoyed it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Not just on the song, but anything else in general? Like specifically, is there something like on your mind you like really want to say something? I've been having a lot of shower conversations by myself about structure and arrangements. I think like it, it really bothers me that there's a lot of people that like are willingly getting stuck over their drops and drops only. I think there's there's multiple ways you can like try to think about things. Arrangement and structuring is very important. I think I've heard enough feedback, like little songs sent to me that one song sounds like a whole complete different song and the drop is like like metal or something. To figure out what your concept is and to, to really dig into like what kind of feeling you want to go for, it really it like even if you have no music theory and you understand the feeling that you want, at least like I think you can imply that by just like music a little bit. To have something to like just call it a song and just like give it a concept to just give it a song kind of concept where you, you're like, I need to make three minute song, but I, I can't. I just got to add something in the intro and then make a drop and then whatever in the intro. I just get really disappointed when people just pay attention so much to the drops, but they really forget about their intros and buildups. I think it's so important because like that is where people are going to be really interested to listen because that's the initial introduction. So that's been in my mind for quite some time. Like it's, it's been bothering me. I think I'm probably going to make a YouTube video on structuring eventually. You totally should. That's that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. And then we appreciate you coming on the show, sharing all your wisdom, dude. Thank you so much, man. I loved being on this. Being, a, I've been such a big fan of this entire show. It's so cool. I love it. Dude, awesome, man. Thank you, dude. What's up, Dot Nation? If you enjoyed this week's episode of In The Dot, do not leave. Do not leave. Dude, stay. Stay here. I'm talking to you about something. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead. Go down below in this video. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Take that little notification bell. Even though this is the last episode of this year, even though that's the truth, 
We will be back next year with a whole bunch of content, so make sure to describe, describe. Make sure to subscribe to Dot Nation because we will be back next year with a whole bunch of content, okay? But with that being said as well, make sure to go down and click the link in the description to go ahead and pre-order the Crywolf Masterclass for 45% off, or if you're watching this after the pre-order, after the full launch, you can still click that link to check out the Crywolf Masterclass where you can learn how to be creative every single day, no matter what, in any situation, no matter your dog, no matter your genre, no matter your lifestyle, no matter, what it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. No matter what, if you wanna learn how to be creative every single day, click the link down in the description. Now, Dawn Nation, this is, this, is, uh, this is kind of a goodbye for now, kind of not really in a way. You know, we'll be back next year, okay? I didn't just wanna leave you hanging, be like, wait, wait where's Wyatt, where's Dawn Nation, where's all the good information? Being like, okay, I mean, apparently he's, he's he just, just disappeared, doesn't exist, never existed, this is a simulation. We, I didn't want you to think that, okay? Because I'm not a simulation that I know of. I'll let you know if that's the truth. But I just, you know, I want to make sure that you know that we will be back at the beginning of next year with more episodes, more content, all the good stuff. We got a lot of great things coming, okay? So again, we got the Cryo Masterclass that we're going to be putting out at the end of this month. We're actually revamping the school base within the next couple months, school base 2.0. It's not what we're going to call it, but it's basically that kind of concept. <clears throat> we're, we're going to be updating the Zodiac Masterclass, the Levitate Masterclass. We got more masterclasses, more concepts, more content that's going to be coming in the form of courses and masterclasses and things and products of that nature, okay? And that was gonna be coming probably at the beginning of 2021. But with that being said, Donation, you have my heart, you have my soul. We're working ridiculously hard on all the freaking screens to be able to put together the content, the products, the things that are going to help you become the music producer that you want to, okay? So for right now, it's kind of a goodbye just for a second but then we'll be back at the beginning of next year. And who knows, maybe we knock everything out really, really quickly. And we're actually back before the end of next year. So in a couple months, who knows, who knows? Who knows, is it me? I don't know, nope, not me. So with that being said, Donation, thank you so much. And we'll see you when we're back at the beginning of next year or sooner. We'll talk to you then.